Welcome to the CR Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, pride, and control. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CR Checkup Podcast. I'm so excited to have each and every one of you here with us today. My hope is that I got a chance to see you either on Monday night at our Goodyear campus or on Wednesday night at our Buckeye campus. But regardless of whether you come to our group or you don't, or maybe you missed, you live in a different country, we want you to know that we love you so much and we're so excited that you're joining in to the conversation that we started in person a couple of weeks ago at our Buckeye campus. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with a friend of mine. Uh, She's been around our Celebrate Recovery for a while and plugged in at some other Celebrate Recoveries. And it's just been a pleasure to see her grow. And I'm super excited for you listeners to get a chance to know her either for the first time or a little bit better. And so I'm just going to go ahead and let her introduce herself now. Will you please introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Um, Pleasure to be here. My name is Melissa. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And I'm a struggler with depression and anxiety and codependency and a lot of other things. And it's just a pleasure to be here and be able to uh, be on this po- part of this podcast today. Yeah, Melissa, thank you so much for making the time to be here. Um, we were just talking about before the, the we got started recording, um, God's already at work, you know, uh, carving out the time to be able to, to make this happen. And I'm just super grateful that uh, you're here today and that we get a chance to talk a little bit about uh, Celebrate Recovery and what he's been doing in your life and uh, just some of the things that he's taught you. And so for those who haven't got a chance to meet you or maybe they did get a chance to hear your testimony, I would love if you just shared a little bit about your story, um, kind of where you were at and what brought you into Celebrate Recovery, some of your experiences in that, and also just kind of where you're at today. Great. Um, Well, what brought me into Celebrate Recovery, so five years ago, October 2017, I joined Celebrate Recovery, um, and it was because I was going through a divorce, and I had a hard time dealing with kind of the fallout and the emotions that, that took its toll on me, and it was one of those things I had heard about Celebrate Recovery from several other churches that I had attended. I didn't quite understand what Celebrate Recovery was, but I was at a point in my life where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go check it out and see if this is something that can help me. Um, Not realizing that it was something that was going to be, you know, a part of my life five years later. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. So what was it like for you? Um, You know, First of all, what was it like as you're kind of hearing, okay, I'm going through a divorce, I'm maybe struggling for some emotional areas in my life, and people are mentioning Celebrate Recovery. What was your initial kind of thoughts about it or maybe your pushback? And how did you kind of, like, what was it inside of you that shifted or how did you make that maneuver to be able to say, okay, maybe this is something that could help me? Well, I think, you know, it's it's kind of when you hear the word recovery, you automatically think drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And I think that's just the stigma that's associated with recovery. But I remember hearing about Celebrate Recovery saying hurts, habits, and hang-ups. But mm. it's what's a hurt, what's a habit, what's a hang-up. Right. And, you know, when I was going through my, my divorce, I was I was very hurt mm. because of the situation. And, and he didn't want to reconcile that marriage. And I think I was hurt even more. And it was it put me on an emotional roller coaster. I had these ups and downs, ups and downs. And, you know, I walked into Celebrate Recovery and with kind of the, well, I'm going to check it out, but I don't think it's for me because I'm not, you know, a drug, you know, addicted to drugs or alcohol. 
not realizing that this was also going to be something that, you know, people that do struggle with mental health, such as myself, um, can come in and just sit and talk and have an outlet. And, you know, especially, you know, just to have a group of men or women that understand you and maybe have been in your shoes. Yeah. So that's a great kind of segue there. What was it then? So you came in reluctantly, which I think is also just kind of something, I mean, I guess you can, there's no other way to explain that than maybe an act of God that just kind of compelled you to walk through the doors, even though you felt like it wasn't something that was going to benefit you. Um, Perhaps you just kind of felt like, what else can I do? Is that kind of where you were at? I was kind of like, well, I can't afford therapy and I don't know how to go to, you know, I didn't want to end up going and sitting in front of like a therapist and like explaining my problems, Mm. you know, because I, I deal, I love people yeah, and I love my church and to be able to be surrounded by people from your church or church family that can love on you and pray for you at the same time, you know, yeah, there was that reluctancy, but the more I got into it, you know, the first the first day I think I was so welcomed at CR mm. that I was like, okay, well then I'll, I'll come back. They say, keep coming back. Okay. Let's <laughs> come back the next week, come back the next week. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I think everybody struggles with a little bit of reluctancy when they hear, hear the word recovery. Yeah. Even and, if we struggle with drugs or alcohol, right? Right. Yeah. Because, yeah. oh, well that's for drugs and alcohol, but I don't, yeah, maybe I do those things, but I'm not like those people. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think we all, have a little bit of reluctancy and you know it's just sometimes god just leads you where you where you know where you need to be yeah and you know i was grateful that he led me to palm valley a few months prior to me walking into that celebrate recovery too yeah because i had only been part of this church since like april of that same year wow yeah that's so cool and i love what you said too about just feeling welcomed and i mean the the number of people that just come back because of that. You know, um, I, I remember one of one of our leaders now, uh, I asked him why he, he came back. You know, he, he came back a couple of, hey, man, what, what brought you back? You know, and he he just said, well, when I left, you said, I'll see you next week. You know, and it's like, wow, exactly. you know, and exactly. we're, we're all seeking that connection, right? We're seeking community and, and people who hear us out, you right. know, and, um, you know, for those of you who are out there and, and you're maybe involved in a Celebrate Recovery, perhaps you're a leader or are you a ministry leader or a volunteer, um, that's very crucial, right? It's a very important thing to, yeah, maybe you're not completely trained in all of the areas and you don't know how to deal with, you know, uh, or having a mental health champion like we can get, you know, talk to hopefully about in a little bit. Maybe you aren't fully, you know, staffed in this way that you can run celebrate recovery in in all of these ways that maybe you want to but at the end of the day the most important thing is that you're creating a welcoming environment for the people that are going to come in because god does the rest right i mean right if you just if you're if we are just willing to create space for people to come and be honest god's the one that shows up and does the work anyway and then and that is a safe place too yes. because sometimes it's it's hard to find those safe people where you can go to and say hey this is what i'm struggling with where they're not going to go tell other like 20 30 other people you know they say word of mouth spreads like wildfire and you know to be able to come in and sit down and 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 talk in small group and say this is what i'm struggling with and walk out the door and then the next week it's like you know hey maybe this week was a better week yeah um but knowing that it's a safe place too it's you know definitely the guidelines um you know, are definitely there for a reason to keep everybody safe and everybody, 
you know, I think if we don't make it a safe place, then people aren't going to want to come back. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what's important as well is, is it is a safe place. And that kid does keep people coming back and coming back and because they know that they have an outlet. Yeah. And that's what we talk about in our group is like, you know, I hate to say like we have a zero tolerance for, for gossip or for breaking anonymity or confidentiality, but really we don't have a tolerance for it. You know, there's, there's grace obviously for all of us to, to be able to, you know, we make mistakes, but at the end of the day, we really don't have a tolerance for that inside of our group because, you know, and I tell everybody this, it's like, Hey, I'm a pastor at this church, you know, and I share things in here, um, that I'm working through, you know, and I, I, value that anonymity and confidentiality um, personally, mm -hmm. you know? And so right. it's something that means a lot to me. I need to have a safe place where I can come. And as the leader of the group, you know, to be able to lead the way in that and to say like, hey man, <laughs> I'm, o I'm open and honest in here and just like you are. And guess what? Yes, maybe there is a risk associated with this, but let me be, you know, first and foremost up front here is like, Hey, I'm on staff here, man, you know, mm -hmm. and I want to be able to be, you know, open and honest in here. And I want you to be able to do that. And this is really important. Mm -hmm. And so it is a top priority inside of our groups. And yeah, again, for those who are out there listening, running those groups really, really got to guard and protect about that. So, uh, so, okay. You come in struggling with some divorce. You, you were struggling with some, some mental health issues mm -hmm. and, and spent some time in the hospital. Right. And, yeah. and working through some other things you were going through in that time, mm -hmm. you know, we kind of breezed over that a little bit, right. but you know, of course it, it wasn't necessarily like you just kind of walked in one day and I, I don't think anybody probably would imagine, but obviously you came, you walked in struggling with a, a number of different things. Mm -hmm. You felt welcomed, you felt comfortable. So how have you kind of worked through this? How has it made a, a difference in you know, where your mind was at as you're going through that divorce, struggling with some mental health issues, what, how, how has it kind of, how have you worked through those things? How, like in a practical way, maybe somebody is struggling with a divorce and some mental health issues, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, what did, what does that look like for them? Or what did it look like for you? I mean, for me, it was, it, it was working the steps. Um, you know, I, my main reason for coming is because I did have an, a, a self-harm, um, never thought in my life that that would be it. And I think I was at that rock bottom mm. that my depression was just so bad. I needed some outlet to like where I could at least go and talk and say, look, this is what I'm struggling with. And then, um, in regards to, you know, working through the steps, um, it's taken me a long time to like really sit down and understand the steps. I mean, because I started a step study at one point, but, you know, life kind of got in the way, schedules changes with work, and I just couldn't commit to it. Mm. And once God kind of opened up that door where I could sit down and commit to doing a step study and really sit down and really learn what step one and step two really, truly, you know, meant, mm. then that's when I really started to see myself grow. Mm. And, you know, I, I tell people this, that I've always been kind of this happy-go-lucky type person and, but when I was in my marriage, I, I wasn't who I, who I wanted to be. I, mm. I felt like I was losing who I was as a person. Mm. And now that I've come to celebrate recovery and I'm able to come and share my story and give my testimony and, and tell others about how celebrate recovery changed my life. I feel like I'm a brand new person. I'm like a mm. reborn, like I, I can be who 
I can, you know, I'm supposed to be, I'm a, you know, we're all broken people. Yeah. And I look at it this way. I, I had heard at a conference one time where it says broken crayons still color. Yeah. And that's, that's one of my favorite things. It's yes, I may be broken. I am imperfect, but that's the way that God made me. But my story will go after that one more person that may be struggling, you know, and may not even know that they're struggling. Yeah. That's so good. And, and that kind of brings up another point is like, when, you know, there's some aspects of recovery, like for drugs and alcohol, you know, it's, it's a program of abstinence, right? Like I stay away from it. I don't do it anymore. And I also work my steps with other things like mental health. Perhaps a lot of times, you know, I'm taking medications for a lifetime. It's, it's a lifetime struggle. It's something that comes in and out. Maybe it's seasonal or it's something that I continue to struggle with for a lifetime. And I wonder, is that, you know, kind of your case? And if so, how do you work through that on a daily basis then if it's not something, you know, okay, well, I'm now I'm not depressed any, you know, I'm just not going to ever be depressed anymore <laughs> or I'm never going to feel anxious anymore because I'm going to practice abstinence. You know, it's not mm. necessarily like that. No, it's not. So how do you work a program for an ongoing, something that continues to kind of rear its head? I think I, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person I dealt with depression, had been on and off medications throughout the time frame. But once I got into Celebrate Recovery, you know, I found out that maybe it was more I needed God more than I needed medication. Now, I'm not saying that if you're on medications, you need to drop it and stop taking the medications. No, Um, it's been told to me by our mental health coordinator. And, you know, we've talked about this through some of our kind of forums that that the mental health champions have is, you know, keep doing what works for you. You know, if if you know, you're on medications daily and that's what's working for you or you're on medications and you find that maybe, you know, you're slipping and and you're not, they're not working as well, you know, definitely, you know, reach out and say, hey doc, you know, this may not be working for me, you know, and, and get those meds adjusted. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing with depression and anxiety and mental, you know, regardless of the mental health. I mean, there's so many different, there's bipolar, there's schizophrenia. Some of those, those diagnoses, you do have to have medications for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I, 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 I feel that if, if medication is working for you, keep going. But if at that point, you know, maybe add a CR to it or add, you know, a therapy session to it. Um, you know, in CR, we, we're not therapists, we're not licensed therapists, but we sit there and say, if you choose to add therapy to your program, you're more than welcome to when the time comes, when, when you're ready for that. Yeah. Um, but you know, definitely it's one of those things that I've been able to work the steps to the point where I know when I'm kind of feeling slipping back, I mean, I never will be recovered from, from depression. I will have my good days and my bad days and I will have my ups and downs sometimes and, Um, you know, it's just the way that life is, but I rely on like step one, you know, you rely on your higher power, um, to know that, you know, your life has become unmanageable. So when I feel myself slipping back, I'm always like, okay, God, I'm having a bad day today. Just get me through it or, or whatever. So, you know, for me, you know, worship music or, you know, trying to get into the Bible or just some form of, of relation with God at that moment Mm. usually can can help me and if I'm having a really bad day sometimes I'll just turn on some worship music and it just calms me down and you know but definitely what works for you you know is not going to work for everybody else yeah so definitely you know encouraged if you know keep keep doing what is working yeah I think that's good you know and 
I think it's important to not associate some type of easy one, two, three step method for how to, how to like overcome, you know, things like that, like anxiety or depression or, you know, certainly schizophrenia or bipolar or any of those things. It's not so simple as, as just a, Hey, just three easy steps. You know, maybe that might be the case for you. I think that's wonderful in the sense that like you could put on some music and that generally relieves maybe some, some of that lower boiling, mm-hmm. you know, stuff exactly. that kind, kind of comes up in, throughout the day. Um, but yeah, what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. And, and I think that's, that's important to tell people because we have to discover what that looks like for ourselves. Exactly. Right. right. I mean, it, it, and, and I, I, I guess it, it's, it's wrong of me to even say that even for drugs and alcohol, it's just abstaining because it's so much more than that too. Like, I don't think, you know, I can't measure, uh, you know, substance abuse, abuse against mental health issues. Right. I Like one isn't worse than the other, harder than the other. It's just the way that it is. And we all have to find ways to cope with whatever is going on inside of our lives in, in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so oftentimes struggles with mental health are often the same thing. It's, it's a coping somewhere along the way. Our coping mechanisms have been either damaged or misconstrued and finding some type of way to weather that storm mm-hmm. is going to be beneficial for, for whoever that person is. Exactly. So, well, I thank you for sharing about that a little bit. I mean, I think mental health is, is something that is also taboo. You know, it's something right. that is, you don't talk about it's, it's, it's the same thing, you know, with, you know, recovery, there's the stigma Yeah. and recovery has a stigma. Mental health has a stigma. And my goal, you know, being in recovery is to help break both of those stigmas. Yeah. Right. That I think that's part of the battle, even within ourselves is to break that stigma, not necessarily even what society says or what anybody says, but what do I say about this that I have, right? Mm-hmm. If it's mental health or substance use or anything in between, what is the stigma that I'm holding on to about this? Exactly. Right? Because, you know, I think mental health in that way is like a lot of people wouldn't even consider recovery for mental health because maybe they don't even think that, that it's something they can recover, but you know? B- but believe it or not, one in three people that come to celebrate recovery are not dealing with an addiction issue. Absolutely. And, you know, they're dealing with mental health or they're dealing with, you know, overeating different different things and that's what i love about the celebrate recovery is not it's not all about drugs and alcohol yeah and the other thing about it too is it's like it what what we practice applies to all exactly it's not like you know if we have substance abuse you do these things over here and if you have anything else you do these things over here right we believe that this is a program for a a design for living and this is how we live our lives and attack any hurt habit or hang up that comes our way. Right. And so I agree with you. I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So right now at our groups, we have been going through step four, which mm-hmm. says that we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And so I would just love to kind of pick your brain a little bit. What was your experience as you were going through step four? Maybe some hills and valleys that you experienced. Um, maybe some things that... Uh, your sponsor shared with you or maybe some things that you would just you noticed that you could share with our listeners who might be in that same area I think for me um step four was I call it the dreaded step four because for me step four I didn't I didn't know how to do an inventory so I was scared 
And it was how do you balance it out? Because I think when I was trying to do my inventory, I was kind of more on here's why things were bad and hmm. not focusing on the good. And that's the that's the thing with the inventory is you have to keep it balanced. So, you know, when you're when you're writing down the who hurt me, um, you know, I didn't want to do step four, which I, but I knew I had to to be able to kind of complete the 12 steps. But I didn't want to have to bring up all the hurt, the anger, the resentments. You know, um, we've been sep- we've been divorced for four years now, and it took me a long time to finally get to that step four, to that place where I could sit down and say, "This is how I was hurt, and this is how it made me feel." But at the same time, you know, I could have been a better person too, and I mm. think that's where I kind of realized. You know, because there is that little section on the inventory that says your part in it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, what was my part in this whole thing? And, you know, it was, hmm, yeah, it probably could have been a little bit more supportive and and different things. And it just makes you think. But, I mean, not everybody's going to have a my part on their inventory either. Yeah. Um, but it was, I think once I got that inventory done and I, and my sponsor says, okay, well, give me a call on Monday night. And I sat down and you know, um, read my inventory and, and she said, yeah, I'm so proud of you. Mm. And, you know, I felt like a huge weight had been lifted. Mm. I really did. And then, you know, this, you know, searching and fearless moral inventory, it's okay. What could have been better? What could have been changed or, or anything like that? And I think especially over the years, I've also, I've really worked on my, my, I had a problem with unforgiveness. Like mm. I really had a hard time forgiving my, my ex-husband for a lot of the things because he didn't want to reconcile and I did. And, and, you know, he, he stopped seeing our daughter and, and it made me very, um, angry. Yeah. And I finally was able to kind of take that time and say, okay, I forgive you. And I, you know, I made my amends. I haven't seen him, but I, I was able to write a letter and, you know, read it and say, okay, you know, it's now behind me. Yeah. But it's taking me, you know, five years of Celebrate Recovery to finally get to that point within the last, you know, year and a half to finally let go. Yeah. And I think that's the hard part. But yeah, I mean, step four, um, I'm almost ready to do step four again. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, okay, well now maybe I can work on my childhood issues and stuff for step four. Um, because you also have to remember when you're working the step four, don't say, well, oh, this is, you know, this is the problem. This is the problem. And then you've got 1500 issues that you're trying to work on and celebrate recovery. And it's how do I do my inventory on these 1500 issues? So my sponsor actually gave me some good advice because I'm like, well, who do I, who do I work on first? Mm. And she said, work on the one that hurt you the most. Hmm. So it's, you know, one of those things like I have childhood trauma, but it wasn't important when I did my step study for me to, to you know, work on the childhood trauma first. Hmm. It was my divorce that really hurt me the most. Hmm. So now, you know, when I get into my next step study and get to my step four, it's going to be the childhood trauma and and all of that stuff. But yeah, you, you kind of also have to remember to prioritize your issues of which one is the one that's affecting you the most Mm. to work on your inventory. Yeah. And I think that's, it it always fascinates me, you know, different ways that's like sponsors work through step four and really any of the steps with, with folks. And it, it, like I'm sitting here listening to you and, and that isn't necessarily the way that I take people through step four, 
but as I was kind of thinking about, is it though? You know, because uh, you know, my whole thing about step four is do as much as you can, right. earnestly. You know, and work through as many things. But at the end of the day, it's not like I have a checklist. I mean, generally, if somebody is working through their step four and the first time they bring it, you know, I'll, I'll generally try to push it back on them and say, you could do a little bit more. You know, you <laughs> right. could do a little bit more because uh, we're always holding back stuff, you know. Yeah. And and I think I needed a little bit of encouragement when I was working through my step four to be able to say, hey, you know, are you being completely honest with yourself right. and work through this and, and really spend some good time in it? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like, hey, I would rather you work through a little bit than nothing at all. Right, exactly. And so if you're going to drop out and not come to group and and not finish your steps because, you know, yeah, there's 1,500 issues instead of how many ever – then yeah, I'm going to prefer that you work through that one thing and, and we'll get you through the steps and we'll get some other stuff on the, on the next round. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, I, I, again, I do step four a little bit different with my, with my sponsees. I kind of want to try to get a bunch out of the way in in the beginning right? because I found personally, I've done my steps several times and you know, now being over seven years in the program and working my my steps last year i was like four years in the program i was working through you know (laughs) my inventory of like the last four years in the program that i was just like wow i I wasn't expecting you know what that looked like and so things build up but at the end of the day again when it comes to step four do as much as you can as honestly as you can. And I think it also depends on the person too. Like how much, how much is too much And you know, cause for me, I think if I would have worked on this issue, that issue, this, you know, that is other issue, then I think I would have gotten confused and I'd been like, well, what issue am I actually working on? (laughs) Yeah. So I think, you know, in that aspect, everybody's different with how you work step four too. But the main, the main goal is to keep it balanced. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And being able to, I, that's with most of the steps as well. You know, it's there, it's a design for living, you know, and, and the way that we work these, I, I've always told my sponsors too, is like, I just, there has to be action for each step. Mm-hmm. There has to be action for each step. It can't be just something that, you know, I think like, you know, I, I make a conscious decision and that's great, but how does that make a difference in my life today, right mm-hmm. now? How is this make? How do I take action in what I'm saying? Because you know the age-old saying, right? Actions speak louder than words, right? Exactly. So we need to take action in our steps and not just make some decision inside of our brains, mm-hmm. but actually live it out inside of our lives. Exactly. So, Melissa, thank you so much for making some time to chat today. And before we go, I would just love. Uh, would you share something with a newcomer, something that maybe was helpful for you as you were getting started out, or maybe for, you know, the folks out there that, um, you know, are, are kind of like you and didn't think that Celebrate Recovery was for them, and, and uh, maybe it is. What would you share with, with any of those guys? You know, I definitely for the newcomer, you know, that we say at the end of every meeting, you know, keep coming back. It works if you're worth it, because, you know, you're worth it. And for me, it was one meeting after another, after another. And then finally, you know, I started making friends and I felt like I had family that I can lean on. And, you know, I, I, there would be times that I would come to CR in tears and, you know, but, you know, I was embraced by, by that family and, you know, Hey, how's it going? And, and stuff. So, you know, definitely, you know, 
keep coming back. And you know what? It's one of those things. Um, definitely, if you if you kind of go to one and you don't feel comfortable, check check out other ones. You know, the great thing is, is we have Celebrate Recovery seven days a week now. Yeah. Seven days a week, you know, and and not everybody can come to a Celebrate Recovery during the week. And, yeah. and um, you know, finding the ones that have child care and stuff like that, too. And that's the great thing is there's so many different churches, so many different mm. um, opportunities to be able to go on a Sunday or Monday night, you know, you know, Palm Valley has two, you know, Monday and Monday and Wednesday. Um, you know, I go on, I go Thursdays and Fridays. So I, I pretty much, I'm plugged in and, you know, it's one of those things. If, if you feel like one meeting's not enough, find another meeting, yeah. you know, sometime within that week. I mean, I go to, I basically go almost to two meetings because one meeting is kind of my time mm. that I can sit down and share in small group. And then the other time I go because I have to, be, I'm a, I'm part of the, the ministry, I'm a leader. Yeah. So, you know, for me, two nights, you know, two nights a week, um, you know, and for somebody who's already in it, maybe new to the program, still trying to work the steps. I mean, definitely find those sponsors, find those accountability partners when you're in that small group, get those phone numbers, reach out when you're struggling. Um, you know, even if it's just a text message that says, hey, I'm having a bad day, just please, you know, lift me up in prayer. I mean, find those accountability partners because those accountability partners are going to be, they're going to be by your side and they're going to be you know, who you want to turn to uh, when you think that there's nothing else. Mm, yeah. Awesome. So good. Thank you so much again for making the time to be here. God bless you and everything that you're doing. Continue being that mental health champion there. And, um, you know, God bless your family and Thank just uh, everything that you're doing. Thank Keep you. up the good work. It's been a pleasure to be able to, to share this. Good. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the CR Checkup Podcast. This podcast is meant to start conversations, not end them. So we encourage you to continue having conversations wherever you're at. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. You can also reach us by emailing recovery at palmvalley.org.